You're clean, aren't you? Except for your tower. You're a tower junkie, Roland. Hello and welcome to Tower Junkies, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast devoted to Stephen King and his magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. On this podcast, we discuss the themes, characters, and mythology of the series in Palaver episodes and review the books and comic series in Kef episodes. We also discuss King's King novels related to The Dark Tower, non-Tower King novels, TV and film adaptations of King's work, and the latest news about potential Dark Tower-related adaptations. You can find more of our work at TowerJunkiesPod.com and follow us on every level of social media at TowerJunkiesPod. I'm your host, Matt Hurt, and with me today is my co-host, Tiny. Tiny. Good evening, friends. Hello. And uh, yeah, so today we actually have a very special podcast that a few episodes ago I referenced it as being a Christmas present. To our listeners, and here it is, January 3rd. Um, <laughs> sorry, but uh, we are actually recording a full commentary track for the Dark Tower movie that came out August 4th of last year. Tiny, we're well documented to have opinions about this movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're excited to share those opinions in a film commentary medium are you excited for this absolutely this is my first commentary too i've never done it before it is yes in like the four and a half years we've been podcasting together all right right not that we specialize in that right no not at all this is going to be a disaster (laughs) but um (laughs) but yeah and, and speaking of commentary tracks actually if you want to support tower junkies and all of the podcasts we do at obsessive viewer uh, go to uh, patreon.com slash obsessive viewer and everyone who um, pledges on Patreon gets access to a special RSS feed that is going to have exclusive commentary tracks for movies that I'll be recording at at random intervals. The one commentary track that is up there now is the uh, commentary for Jingle All the Way, which, uh, yeah, so all you have to do is just pledge a minimum of $1.00. You'll get access to that RSS feed, and you'll be able to listen to me ramble about uh, about Jingle All the Way and uh, Jake Lloyd's acting, child acting. Yippee! Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so the way that we're going to do this. So, if you're if you're planning on watching along with us, we are we're going to try not to spoil the book series going going forward. So, we're just going to talk about the film as it plays in front of us. So we will prompt you to get it synced. We will prompt you uh, when we are to hit play, when we hit play. That's a weird way to phrase it. Um, So right now I have the Blu-ray in, and I have it stopped at zero seconds. So if you have a digital copy or are watching it on Blu-ray or DVD, uh, take it to the zero second mark, and then we'll press play here in a moment. Tiny, do you have anything more to say? Uh, No, nothing, nothing else. All right. Well, here we go. I guess we're going to begin our commentary on The Dark Tower. And I am hitting play right now. Okay. And we have begun. And we have the Sony logo, which every time it played uh, in a trailer before any movie last year, I got so excited because I thought it was going to be The Dark Tower. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is a shame. Like that, I mean, we were very much anticipating this movie in 
it so didn't deliver. Right. And, ugh. That yeah. Sony logo is forever tainted now. It kind of is for me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And then here we have the Ted Corporation, the last moment of the movie where I was excited about <laughs> what I was going to see. Yeah. And, like, I love, I still love that so much because that's a nice reference to the books. Absolutely. Yep. And it also just... It's all downhill from here. Exactly. <laughs> and it definitely um, uh, leads to my fun fan theory that this is all just a uh, uh, propaganda film from the Tech Corporation. Right. So, yeah. So now we have this title card that says, Tower Stands, blah, blah, blah. It is said the mind of a child can bring it down. Tiny, at what part of the production, of this very troubled production, do you think that they thought, oh, shit, we should add this so it's not as confusing as... It should be. Or as it uh, that is. totally feels like something they added in, like as part of the like uh, reshoots and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so uh, it's so bland and and it's not part of the books. It's it's not part of the <laughs> books. It is unbelievably cliche. And then also, okay, you have the twins from The Shining that they they're actually like this is one of the things that sticks in my craw about the the Easter eggs in this movie that. Like, okay, you have 1919, that's cool. But having the twins from The Shining, girls dressed like the twins from The Shining, saying, come play with us, it's like, that's that alone is a little too on the nose. Like, every Easter egg is too on the nose. Oh, is that what that's from? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah, it's, it's just... Not, it's not an Easter egg. It's, no. It's uh, like a cameo. Yeah, it, like it, a, a exactly. Cra- it's a crappy-o, because mm-hmm. it's crappy. <laughs> right. And see, this this shot of the Devar toy uh, from like a distance on the, that top of the like uh, hill area, uh-huh. hillock or whatever, like that was very much like uh, prominent in the production or promotional materials and, and stuff. What do you think of the design of the Devar toy and, and the evil James Bond lair? It's it's kind of, it's actually sort of sort of cool. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's also just super cliche. Yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's literally like a a pyramid type thing, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it is very James Bondy cliche. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, with hints of like the others camp in Lost. Right. Right. Which I can kind of appreciate. And here we have our first shot of the tower. Which, if you would have told me that. The first glimpse of the Dark Tower in a movie adaptation is of these kids uh, using their minds to literally shoot a laser beam fireball thing at the tower. I would have, I would have been very disconcerted. Yes, by it. Me too. Yep. Yeah. If you've read the books, you understand how important that is. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's they just not necessarily even how important that is. How important it's it represents such a difference between the books and the movie because this is a movie that is so on the surface and on the nose with everything that they have to take literally the destruction of the tower or the the harm toward the tower and make it the most literal thing possible by creating a beam to literally attack the tower right rather than how it's depicted in the movie mm-hmm. or in the books yeah um, yeah and I think we talked about in our review episode that it it's kind of cool that they featured beam quakes in the in the movie mm-hmm. um but it's it's so so sparsely or sparingly referenced that it's like i don't know it's it's just not that interesting or i guess it's kind of 
it gets lost in the shuffle yeah. <laughs> of all the crap it's from very, this movie. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So what do you think of Jake's whole home life? Like his, they obviously changed up the, the story with his dad, which I don't mind that much. In the books, his dad is uh, a TV exec that's all like coked out and stuff. And he, right. his dad is kind of a hero that he's missing. Well, which, it's, yeah. my reaction to it is it's a lot like the rest of the creative decisions they made. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't necessarily have a problem with the decisions they took. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with the execution of it. Yeah. Cause like, I can understand why they would, you know, give him a stepdad or whatever. Sure. And, and how his, you know, his real father might kind of haunt him a little bit. I can understand how mm-hmm. that could be a useful, a useful dramatic tool throughout the storytelling process. I can right. understand that. And, that makes some sense, but they just did not execute it well. And his, the depiction of his home life here is just, it's a little too, like you said, on the nose. Yeah. Like it's much more subtextual in the, in the books Mm -hmm. and it's a little more, it's a little more gratifying in the books. I think a little more real. I agree. And I feel like they changed it. They changed it up because they wanted to give him and Roland a connection. Like they both lost their father. Right. Which seems like such a, just, lazy thing to do in execution now this scene with with uh the fight with the kid who played henry uh henry bowers and yeah. it um i actually really like that scene because i like that depiction of jake as this this kid that's not like he's not a troubled kid like i mean he's a troubled kid but he's not a kid that's going to just take shit from a bully right i i appreciate that but yeah and here it is okay we're what five minutes in Yes, we are six minutes into this movie and no Roland, (laughs) no Midworld, except for the very small glimpse at the beginning. It's just, it's, it's troublesome. That was a mistake because Midworld is the setting for the books. Yeah. It's the setting for the story. Mm -hmm. That's where it takes place. And like just to have so much New York in the opening just is, it's just a disservice to the series as a whole. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not good world building. It really isn't. And okay. So the whole darkness and fire thing, I get what they were going for, but when it come when it pays off later, when he has the vision of his father at the Todash monster, yeah. Um, or at the thinny, like it just feels like so awkward like if like when the fa- like we'll get to that soon, but when the father like says like darkness on fire, it just seems like why the fuck are you saying that? I know it's so dumb. It's like it's it's really dumb. Yeah, uh, I get what they were trying to do as well with the mm-hmm. the whole you know it's oh look the Overlook Hotel. Oh, is that what that is? Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I get what they were trying to do, but again, it's just kind of it's just kind of a lazy thing. Yeah. Like Midworld and all of its Yeah, the St. Bernard. Yeah, it's again, that's super secretive. Mm-hmm. Um what they were trying to do it's it's it is a it was a lazy way to go and it's like Midworld is complicated. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just you can't just I I understand that a lot of modern audiences are stupid and stuff. And right. Like, the simpler the better, but you can't you can't just simplify your way into a cogent film, you know, you have yeah. to you have to be loyal to the universe that Stephen King created. You can't just try to cram it all into a box. Absolutely. Which and is like, a lot of what they did with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's... Okay, this actor, the kid that plays his friend, what do you think of him? <laughs> he is... 
disturbingly aloof. Yeah, he's like I don't I don't even remember him that well. This is by the way, this is only my I have not seen this again since the theater. Is this is your second So this time is technically my second viewing of it right wow. here. So I'm trying to remember some of this, but this kid is just kind of his reaction to all of the craziness around him is just weird. Yeah. I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um Catherine Winnick is really good though. She's yeah. Yeah. Did she well she's good. She just doesn't have a lot to work with. She here. really doesn't. Like the one probably my favorite scene in the movie involves her, which I'll talk about later, but mm-hmm. like she's like she has this demeanor to her that she seems like she's very much like she's playing the the kind of um uh mother at her wits end character really well mm-hmm. like in in relation to this movie and then you have to counter that with the stepfather being like just not knowing what the hell he's doing in the movie right like it seems like it kind of feels like he had no direction like like it's like Nikolai Arcel just gave him no direction or no notes on his performance. He's just like, I'm just going to talk like this and just yeah. be an asshole toward this kid. He's like, just read the words and you're a dick. Yeah. That's your entire motivation. Yeah, and that's definitely ugh, that's definitely an issue. Yeah. Um, now, it was originally rumored, I think, in one of the original drafts of the movie. Also, by the way, they spelled Elmer Chambers wrong there. Yes, they did. But just, just saying. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Uh, I noticed that I noticed that the first viewing of this movie, but um, anyway, they may in an original draft it was going to be that he was going to be a nine eleven first responder. Okay, um, which I think would have been, I don't know, it, I I don't I honestly have no opinion on whether or not it would have worked or not. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Jake would all. have to be like sixteen or seventeen years old for that, right? Yeah, that's true. At, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's true. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just okay. So here we have literally the introduction of Roland Deschain. Now, this is officially ten minutes into the movie. So I I honestly thought that it was going to be like, that it was like fifteen or twenty minutes into the movie, but it's actually ten ten to twelve. Which okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but this scene, like, just everything about this right here is problematic to me because there's not enough set design. Like they do not know how to work with their budget. Totally. Yeah. And then McConaughey is just, I think, I think what they were going for is they wanted to have a scary menacing introduction for the man in black. True. And I think they kind of achieved that, Mm -hmm. but it's their version of the man in black. It's yeah. not it's not a good version of the man in black. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we get some scene, we get some lines of dialogue between Roland and Stephen Deshane, which I I still love Dennis Haysbert's perfect uh, casting. Casting of it. Like that's yeah. great. Um and then also the Okay, we've got the Gunslinger's Creed, which hearing Idris Elba and Dennis Haysbert, Haysbert say it is is awesome just cuz I love that the gunslinger creed, but having the man in black taunt them, like just, uh, I don't know. And then we get the fucking, Oh, this is so, it just looks yeah. so, it looks like they filmed this in the woods behind an elementary school with the yeah. fog machine. Oh yeah. It's really bad. It just, it looks bad. It looks bad. And then like, what are we supposed to expect? Like, what are we supposed to, um, 
learn about from from this uh from this scene like about the about the world like there's nothing too interesting about like Dennis Dennis Haysworth's costume or anything like yeah. there's nothing there is zero minutia yeah exactly or detail exactly this is i think they're going for like a, this is kind of like at the end of a battle mm-hmm. obviously that's what they're going for yeah it, but the the only the only detail is the fog and yep. which i think is supposed to be smoke mm-hmm. but it's just, it's just so that's it that's all they did that's all the effort they put into this scene yeah. is the freaking smoke mm-hmm. and the that's really true subpar like, dialogue yeah like in and yeah, to even say it's subpar is, is to give it favors, is to do it favors, because, like, Dennis Haysbert uh, just told him that, like, oh, yeah, we, uh, after, <laughs> after, <laughs> after the, uh, uh, after the battle and everything, Roland's like, oh, we failed, and then Steven's like, oh, well, we haven't failed, not as long as the tower still stands. Like, what are they fighting? Like, what are they fighting? What are they yeah. fighting for? It's not explained at all. Nope. Yeah. And then can we please talk about the overheard or the over uh, about 12 minutes in or 13 minutes in the voiceover of the iconic fucking line? Yes. Uh, I would have almost rather had them not put it in. Oh, I definitely would have rather had that had that they didn't that they didn't do it. Like, yeah, because it's so it, it's so pointless. It drives yeah. it drives nothing. It's not that doesn't serve any purpose in this film. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Like, um, uh, the way that I heard it or the way that I understood it from when I, what I read and saw and everything was that Stephen King like fought to have it in there because fans wanted it in there and everything. But no one, even in Stephen King, I, I don't think understood the importance of putting it at the beginning of the movie. Like that's what it should have opened with. Right. But, yeah. There, there's literally no pursuit in yeah. this whole movie. Right. The, oh yeah. The, the man in black is not fleeing and the gunslinger is not following him. It's yeah. not happening in this oh, movie yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. And then this is where it kind of stretches a little bit of, of, uh, my suspension of disbelief here is that, okay, th- he has one fight. He has a fight at school and then they're, they're sending him to this, to this camp. Like, uh, less than 24 hours later like they, they don't research it or anything or right they don't like you know they don't tour the the campgrounds or anything it's like it's a it's a little uh it's a little shitty i think absolutely yeah. but it services the plot as yeah. weak as it uh weak as it is i do kind of like the uh aesthetic they achieve though with the uh the uh the low men with the seam Oh skin. yeah, that's. I thought that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. I. Yeah, but that's about it. I mean, yeah. they don't really use it to any really good effect. It's just kind mm-hmm. of there. Uh, yeah. yeah. And see, and I'll get back to that in a second. Just look at this. Scene. Like, look at the the stepdad. Like, they're having an argument, and <laughs> and he like just yelled <laughs> yeah. at him, and then the stepdad's just like, I'll, I'll, I'll dragging down the stairs myself like emote have yeah. some kind of reaction yeah it, i mean jake should have been like what what i couldn't hear you what yeah exactly uh <sighs> and like pretty bad tom tom taylor does a pretty good job um with what he's given i uh, i yeah. still think he's one of the standouts but i agree yeah. he needed a lot more to work with he really did yeah 
And the, uh, so yeah, the seams of the of the low men and the and and the people. That that's fine. Yeah, I I I liked that just fine. But just from an aesthetic standpoint, yeah, I thought it looked kind of cool. But but that's it. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, not much else to say about it, really. Yeah. Uh, there was a video of, um, I think it was I think it was Cinema Sins, like everything that's wrong with the Dark Tower. And when it got to this scene, it's <laughs> I think it was this, or it might have been Honest Trailers. I don't think they've done an honest trailer for it. I don't know. But anyway, somewhere on the internet, there's a video that shows a clip of, of Jake escaping out of the bathroom window and saying that, oh, suddenly it's turned into Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's just all like parkour and, and like, uh, yeah. And I mean, I didn't mind this little chase scene, but it just seems like. There, like Catherine Winnick and the stepdad's expression just then of just like complete bewilderment is like the audience. They're the audience surrogate in that one shot. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is going on in this movie? Exactly. But I mean, I guess the momentum is okay. Also, yeah, like they just, they just both just jumped over it without looking at the, where they were going to land, but whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but like you, you do have to keep the momentum, and that's fine. That's you know, this is okay, um, as a as a chase scene. But it's crazy to me that this is the gunslinger. This is the Dark Tower with Roland Deshane, the gunslinger, and here we are, seventeen minutes into it, and not a shot has been fired. Well, one shot has been fired. Yeah, to and, no end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So much New York. Yeah. Oh yeah. <sighs> yeah um and and like i get it like they do need to kind of introduce the the other worlds aspect of it but it just uh it just doesn't doesn't work for me like at all and it's just such a disservice cuz this could have been a good like adaptation of the gunslinger like right and incorporate some of the some of the stuff like keep dutch hill the fuck out of it yes because that belongs later in the series but i mean they could have had like a story that's roland and jake bonding and then you know stuff happens could have built a foundation yeah (laughs) i mean introduce the everything you know introduce the Mm. universe and the world and yeah that's not what they they don't they don't do that very well in this movie. It's no. they kind of thrust you into it, and so many things uh, that are that are great about the books are just are either glossed over or mm-hmm. or just skipped entirely. Yeah, because they rushed so much of the story, crammed so much of the the story of this the book series into this first movie, mm-hmm. and that's just really a mistake. Which it's it's so dense, it's such a dense universe. You have yeah. to you have to ease your audience into it and. This is not that at all. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of like the set design of of the Dutch Hill mansion. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks fine. But just not enough. There's just no substance. And just, uh, this is so aggravating to me that they use the doorway demon. Like, yeah. I mean, sort of props to them for actually using something from the books. <laughs> but it's just so nondescript it just doesn't work and so brief yeah 
And then, of course, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to type in 1919 and that like, ugh, that just, it doesn't, that doesn't show like any ingenuity for Jake. That doesn't show like any type of like, it's not any character growth for Jake. It's just him typing in something randomly. Like, I don't even remember, remember him noticing 19 except for well in his dreams and everything right but it's not like it's not like a growth of his character to show that he's clever or anything yeah it's just like it could have just been like a hey let me let me uh look into all this weird shit that's going on in my life and i can piece it together and that'll show that i'm you know not just a bland right child character in a young adult Thing. And I think I think when I talked about uh, we talked about this movie on the on uh, Obsessive Viewer mm-hmm. and reviewed and everything, I was like I, I didn't mind the portals too bad. I was like I yeah. can understand that, but it's another example of taking the lazy way out mm-hmm. because in the this isn't really this isn't a spoiler in the books the going from world to world mm-hmm. uh, through portal kind of things um, you can do that. You can go from Midworld to New York. Mm-hmm. They do that in the books, but the lengths they have to go to to do yeah. that are they fill an entire book mm-hmm. with trying to get the means of transporting themselves between mm-hmm. worlds. It's a it's a really hard thing to do and a really big deal in the books. And yeah. in this movie, he punches a number into a portal, mm-hmm. and it's it just takes away so much of that journey. Yeah, it's it, part of the journey. It's part of the story. It mm-hmm. builds the character and the world. Everything. It's a really great thing you know it's 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 a journey it's a battle but mm-hmm. in this movie he punches in some numbers and 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 travels to midworld it's just nothing yeah and not only that but the way that the the doors between worlds are introduced in the books is that like it's it's mysterious when it starts like the very first time we we see something like that it's a complete mystery even to roland right like it's right. something that in all of his years of traveling and and everything he's never seen and then we slowly get more information about it. Here we just have, hey, just type it in. Also, another thing that CinemaSins did was that when he throws a shoe over, it's like, okay, he's he's in this creepy house far away from home. This mysterious portal has just opened up, so he's going to throw a shoe? Like yeah. He's going to throw his actual shoe. It's, like, it's not like he needs it or anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. A, a house that's full of all kinds of debris and stuff. Right. Plus, oh. you know you're having visions that you're destined to go do this thing and mm-hmm. you go somewhere and you're getting ready to do that thing. And you're like, Oh, I don't know if I should go through that portal or not. Right. Like really? It's like, Ugh. yeah, that was just kind of yeah, silly. Yeah. So what do you think of these shots of, of the Mohane desert and, and mid world? It's a good looking desert. Yeah. It's a good looking desert, but a lot of the, a lot of the mid world, um, set pieces and settings in the movie look relatively plain to me mm-hmm. um th- i think this looks pretty good this is a pretty yeah pretty good vision of the desert but some of the other stuff just really misses mm-hmm. the mark i think yeah and but this here right here this machinery broken down machinery that feels true to the books that's like, yes that's i would i would have loved more of that in this in this movie right me too yeah and uh, here's one thing that i well i don't know i the kind of monitoring children with the shine just seems kind of, again, lazy. Like, it just seems yeah. like a super lazy conceit for the villain people to have. 
Um, uh, yeah, and I mean Matthew McConaughey is such a talented actor, but he's just got nothing to work with here. No, um, he's he slides into some of his old uh, his old um, knack for overacting. Yeah. Yeah, I used to I used to refer to Matthew McConaughey as Matthew McOveract because he <laughs> right. used to do it a lot. Um, but he toned down a lot over the past handful of years, and he's delivered yeah. some f- terrific performances. Oh yeah. Um, but this this one felt like not that he was awful, right? But it just felt like a bit of a maybe a half step backwards for him. Yeah. As far as his evolution as an actor, mm-hmm. it's just. Uh... I don't know. And it's so unnecessarily, I don't know if I'd say complicated, but like, okay, there's a portal on Keystone Earth that he, that has been used. So they have to go back to New York to go to the, to like the man in black has to go back to like to track them, to track them that way. Like, can they not see where it landed in Midworld? <laughs> like, like, why is that not explained? Like, it just seems, again, like, just serving the plot. Mm-hmm. And so we have the Horn of Eld there, which we're not going to spoil anything, but that's, like, the one piece of fan service that people got so excited about, and I was excited about it, but it's just, uh, like, even that, like, they were, there was such a big deal over it. On social media, they showed, like, oh, hey, um, you know, he has the Horn of Eld, so that that uh, that has some significance to the to book readers, but it's so not a not uh, an element of the entire movie at all. It's just a prop, right? It's just kind of there. Yeah. yeah, which is fine. But I don't know. So anyway, we get our introduction of Roland to Jake. What do you think? How do you feel about the guns? The 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 way the guns look in in the movie. I think the look, the aesthetic again of mm-hmm. to use that word again of Roland is it, they hit the nail on the head. I think. Yeah, I think he looks awesome mm-hmm. uh, i think the guns look great they're huge but not they're really they're referred to as big guns you know like mm-hmm. they're they're hand cannons but they're not ostentatious they're right. realistically menacing i think i think they they hit the nail on the head as far as the look of roland mm-hmm. yeah yeah and <sighs> and uh, real quickly the the horn of eld is like one of the only true easter eggs really in, in the, the movie for the book series yeah yeah because they they didn't yeah. they didn't harp on it or make it right. ridiculous it's an actual easter egg that, that's true that and then also we missed it but when he's walking when uh that shot looks really cool like yeah. like him holding him over the cliff which i don't know that that's cool i i like i like this this right here i like roland being nervous or or uh cautious of jake like just then when he says that his um that he's that he's one of uh that Jake must be one of the man in black's tricks and everything that that feels so authentic to the gunslinger yeah um notably the the gunslinger the novel cuz like that's throughout most of the first book he is so certain that everyone he comes across is is an agent of of Walter and is is some kind of sorcery mm-hmm. but yeah um but yeah the when Jake is walking after he's escaped, there is a shot of um, a marquee for a movie that says uh, 
Spaghetti Week at the Majestic, and that's actually a direct reference to the Wastelands because there is right, um, yeah, there is a there is he, he like the same thing happened like he walks past the theater that says that okay yeah and see some of these shots like look really cool because they filmed it in South Africa and it's like there's a ton of there's a ton of very cool um views and, and vistas and everything that's covered or that's shown but yeah. they just waste it they do there's not and there's not enough of it either no it's, not at all it's mostly just prevalent in this first act here mm-hmm. yeah exactly and then like matthew mcconaughey looks way too cool he does he's like slick uh i don't know mm-hmm. he looks like a used car car salesman yeah which i mean that's that's somewhat true to the man in black's character a little bit he, he looks like a guy who's going out to get laid yeah he, exactly yes which is just not that doesn't seem right. He shouldn't be. Right. Part of it is that Matthew McConaughey is a really good looking guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I would not have, I never envisioned him being such an attractive guy. Me neither. So that's a bit of an issue. Not sort of, I mean, I don't think it's a fault, mm-hmm. but I think that kind of works against his, his appearance. And right. he's, yeah, he, he's, he's a little too charming and slick. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I can see that. But that scene. I'm not using he, the right words. You're fine. But that scene where he's walking past the girl and says hate, like, why does he need to say hate? Right. Like, you could have, it could have been a lot more interesting if he just waved his hand and suddenly she turned just terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. It's, it, that was, it's just cheesy. Yeah. It's very cheesy to have him say hate or stop breathing. Right. Ugh. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And so we get uh, uh, Richard P. Sayer and the Dixie Pig. What, how do you feel about the Dick, Dixie Pig in general on, on in this movie? Um, it's different from what I envisioned in the books, um, but it has this. I feel like the Dixie Pig was more of like a much smaller in the book and just kind of this place. But here, it's like a in the, in the movie, it's like a compound where they have all these people. Hang- I don't know. I just, I had a different vision of it, I guess. I, I think, honestly, I think what's in the movie is a little bit better than what I was envisioning. I think this That's is, interesting. it's kind of, I guess I never had a very good picture in my mind of what the Dixie pig looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of like what they did with it, to be honest. Sure. I can understand that. And I kind of, I kind of like how it has this like kind of grungy, like eighties, post-apocalyptic kind of feel to it right that that kind of aesthetic and the ideas of like masks and everything is is kind of cool um yeah and again with the fog and the mist yeah it's it's just it's lazy it's so lazy so incredibly lazy and of course we get our big pennywise easter egg that's right in our face (laughs) yeah um I wonder where all the budget went for this movie. I, I really do, too. Um, I mean, I'm sure that there's some visual effects that kind of ate up a lot of the yeah. um, money. But, but yeah, I don't know. And, I, like, I like the idea of, like, ruins and everything. Okay, in, in here, okay. <laughs> uh, 
nondescript. See, they look like zombies and everything. And mm-hmm. then we get a throwaway line from Roland saying, uh, they're Taheen. Yeah. That's it. They belong to Walter. They're Taheen. That's all you get. Yeah. It's like, God, like this movie. And like even earlier when he, um, when he is talking about the, the Manny village, he just says, there's a tribe over there. Like, yeah. Like, why is this movie so terrified of the mythology? Yeah. Ugh. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, embrace it, you know? Yeah. It's oh, hard, yeah. but you got, you have to be creative and right. think of a way to weave that into your movie. I mean, yeah. They don't, oh, yeah. they don't do that. It's, it's all, it's, it's also ham fisted. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, there's no nuance to anything in this movie, hardly. Yeah. And I do, I do like that line. The, you have theme parks here. There's a relics from when the world moved on. Mm hmm. They're theme parks. Like, I, I like that. That's, that's, that's funny. Yeah. But there's a lot of like fish out of water stuff. Yeah. Regarding Roland, that's that's actually I think decently well done. Right. And so when he's talking about, and I don't, I hate that they change the mythology. Like yeah. that was like Roland says that was our last sa- last stand. I lost my father that day. Okay. We saw a total of three gunslingers. Um, one that's already dead essentially. And like, okay, that's that should have been more pumped into that but also it's just against the mythology of the books like it makes so much more sense and is more compelling in the books like their last stand is jericho hill and that's a very interesting part of the mythology like why retcon that to where you can if you're if your intention is to make a franchise that explores so much of the backstory and everything over different mediums and everything why ruin the backstory out of the gate? Like, yeah, like, yeah. And here's the little reference to him. Oh, the Crimson King, the Crimson King. Yeah. Which almost like a Easter egg. Yeah. Yeah. In a way you could say, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, it's just like, I kind of like that. Okay. This, this explanation is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I like the inclusion of the spider. Yeah. And it's funny in the books how how much of the uh, palavers there are and how much mm-hmm. discussion takes place beside a campfire. Yeah, and that's sure. that's that's a very um, prominent mental picture you have throughout the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I was expecting a lot of campfire chat, you yeah. know, fireside chats, <laughs> not like FDR, sure. you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> in the movie. And this is kind of the only one, mm. um, not that it should be riddled with it or I think too much, too much of scenes like this would bog the movie down, but, um, there's a lot of talking in the first book. Yeah. And so I, I kind of wanted to see a little bit more of stuff like this. Yeah, me too. Or at least enough information to make it feel like there was a lot of backstory. Yeah, mythology and stuff. <sighs> yeah. It's just such a such a shame. And like I don't mind the the kind of weird way that they explain the tower, like the tower just holding everything like all of existence in a bubble to keep Todash space out. Mm-hmm. It, like that's that's interesting that's a slightly different from what's in the books but right. i enjoy that like i i like that it just i don't know 
And what do you think of the whole idea of Roland being off his quest and not interested in the tower or forsaken the gunslinger code, essentially? It's uh, it's another example of, I don't have a problem with that creative choice, but you could have executed it better. Yeah. It's another example of that. I think the execution is what was off of, on that, not right. the fact that they did it. I would have been fine with it, you know, as a way to introduce you to the character. Um, I think that been that would have been fine if they had mm. focused much more on character development and building in this first movie, and then you know, kind of dive into the story more in a second movie or a sequel or something like that. Mm. I think that could have made sense, but but in this in this movie, it didn't work as well. Yeah, and I kind of like like that scene that we just saw where. Roland is watching him sleep. And you can kind of see like there's a little bit of a nuance to him like yeah, he's 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 kind of finding his way back and and he likes having a companion. I kind of like that. It's just it's not that interesting here. Yeah. And just haphazardly throwing the word beam quake out there. I'll never not be bothered by that. Yeah. Um Yeah. In like at this point, like, again, why, why bother going to the village? Like, you see where it came from. It's, yeah. I mean, right. just go in that direction for the love of God. <laughs> it's not that hard. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is one of the first, the first big action scenes, really. Right. Um, with Roland specifically. And, I mean, you know, it's a fine line. Like you can, like we're we're here complaining about. Okay, there's not enough backstory. There's not enough mythology in this movie. And yeah, I can, I can, I. That's how I feel. But on the other hand, um, on the other hand, if they had thrown in a lot of exposition and a lot of backstory and a lot of mythology, would casual, uh, uh, would casual audiences have, you know been turned away by that i don't know that's a good question i can't yeah i can't answer that one i don't know because the kind of comparison to me be made is the lord of the rings movies yeah yeah and like that i mean that the fellowship of the ring starts with an exposition dump that's handled very well yes um yeah it's like it's a more of a prologue you know right yeah I mean, and it works great. Totally. And, like, I don't... Like, there's no, like, emotion. Like, this... (laughs) Jake's mom has a type. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she does. Yeah. Like, there's no emotion. It's not, like, you were supposed to be, like, we're supposed to feel for Jake, but it's just nothing. And then we get this stupid calling back of darkness and fire that just seems so out of place and awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it just looks like a, a screen. Like, and I kind of, I kind of like that. It, the color of it, it's like, it reminds you of like a rose, but yeah. It's just it. I don't know. We get the first fast reload. I I'm a sucker for all the the gunplay in this movie. I know a lot of people 
said that it was kind of bland and I don't know. I kind of I kind of like it. It's a little too sparse. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Not a, not a lot of it. Yeah, and like I I recently saw uh, Kingsman: The Golden Circle, and like there's a scene where Pedro Pascal goes to town on a bunch of bad guys with two revolvers. Yeah, and it's very stylized and very cool, and like it made me wish that we had a little bit more of that in this, or a little bit more of that. Like I mean, that would be a little too Hollywood for Roland, but. Um, there are ways that you can make it look cool, mm-hmm. and I think they did a fine job here. But it just, man, if we had more, right? Yeah, and that was a small tear. Okay, that was a small tear in the fabric of reality. Okay, why not just call it like a thinny or right. And I kind of think the the thinny that's described in the book is a little more menacing than oh absolutely than the movie. You know, oh, yeah. it's it's kind of described as uh, emptiness, almost like a purgatory type mm-hmm. thing in the books. And that's to me, I think that's just a lot scarier than these vague monsters. Yeah, vague monsters and dimly like, lit monsters. <laughs> seriously, and like the whole. There's a huge thing in the books about how the thinny is, like, there's sound associated right, with it. Right, right. Like, they have to, as they're wandering, they, they have to put bullets in their ears to drown the sound out. Yeah. Like, that's such a cool thing to do, but... Yeah. I don't know. And, yeah, just the quick shots of this monster, just, like, I can't see anything. Yeah. Like, ah. Uh, and it wasn't that problematic to me in the theater, but this is just seems a little... Yeah, seeing it now, it's like, I, I get that. I totally get it. Right. Yeah. And how is it that it takes Roland that long to pull his knife out that, and cut himself free? And that's such a problem to me. He's the gunslinger. He's Right. He's supposed to be, you know... He's Roland. Yeah. He's Roland like, to shame. He's dispatched so easily in this in this moment. Yeah. It's just, it's such a problem. And I still, it still bothers me. Like that was very brave of what you did, like reaching for the gun and then going to play on the circus thing. (laughs) All right, cool. Yeah, and just like, like okay, um, brave going for the gun. He didn't, whatever. But like. Like it's not necessarily a problem with uh um it being a night shoot. Like like they could have lit it so much better, but yeah. it, it's just so dark and, and way too dark. Yeah. Now this scene's fun. It's mm-hmm. I like this man in black. Um He is kind of a you know, he he's kind of a trickster. Yeah, in, in the books, and so yeah, you're right. This is kind of a mm-hmm. a, a, a nice homage to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and it's and it leads to one of my favorite moments, which I'll talk about here in a moment. Um, also, one of my other favorite moments when Lon Lonnie gets killed, and which is so so satisfying. Did us all a favor. Yeah, but again, stop breathing. There's it's nothing like that's. It's just, uh, it's so cheap. Yeah. It's not creative at all. No. 
But I love I love McConaughey's performance in this scene though because he's so creepy and and you like the like the way that he has his hands on her arms like that that's just so unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just he's he's just all up in her public or, or uh, private space. Yeah. Um, it's just it's really it's that I really like. Yeah. Um, I'll give you that. Yeah. Or give and, them that. Yeah, and this was cool, kind of seeing the 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 uh, the ghosts of of the past as, as kind of going through the room. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that line. I've got myself a stalker. That's that's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. It's kind of Matthew McConaughey kind of hamming it up a little bit, but yeah. uh, but it works. But one of my favorite things is how he explains or how he like he's got the information he needs now. Um. He has like this is what he needs, but he still goes the extra mile to like explain to her that she that her son was right and she she needs to feel just absolutely horrible for not believing him. <laughs> like I I love that. And when I first saw it, I kind of thought like he's gonna like force her to kill herself, and that that's gonna be really interesting. But they didn't. They just she's a pile of ash because Catherine Winnick. Filled all the day, fil, uh, filmed all the days she was assigned. I guess I <laughs> they couldn't afford to pay her for another. Yeah, day. yeah. Spent all their money on fog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you send your son off to the asylum. That's so. Ah, oh, that's so brutal. That is pretty harsh. Yeah, like I, I really like that. That's probably my favorite part of the movie. That yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't pick up on it as much when I saw mm-hmm. it in the theater. Yeah, and just simple scenes like this with Roland and Jake kind of taking a break from the travels. Like I kind of like that. It feels kind of sincere. Um, and and I kind of appreciate the movie for that. But it just doesn't like even then. Like shots like this and the scene just now where he's uh, taking a sip of water, like. It doesn't convey the distance and and the the how much how much travel there is like the scale. It, yeah, like yeah. Lord of the Rings. Most of those movies are about walking, and it's like you feel that distance, right? But here it's just like okay, well now they're by a stream. Yeah. Um. And they never say, it, but they never call it a Manny village, but that's what it is, and they don't bother to talk about the Manny folk. Yeah. Which just, uh, yeah. Yeah. And now our one, uh, our one, uh, reference to Ka is pinned on the guy's shirt. Right. Which, all right. And here's the pandering to the Asian market. See, I kind of wonder <laughs> if that's what it was. <laughs> um,. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it didn't do the movie any favors. Yeah. But, yeah. And again, like, they saw where the fucking beam was coming from. Yeah. Like, why do you need... Ugh. Yeah. And, I mean, okay, a lot of people had, maybe not issues, but kind of had problems about the... Uh, him having him keeping the 
the bullet and everything. And I thought, okay, that's fine. Right. Um, I think it's kind of, it fits his persona cause he's kind of weird and, and creepy, but there's not enough backstory to him or there's not enough character development for him. Yeah. Um, and I kind of like the way they establish that, you know, the man in black and Roland are kind of like obsessed with each other in a way. Yeah. And they're, they are like the polar opposites in, mm-hmm. in the universe. Um, they they did a decent job trying to build that that dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't great. They de- it definitely could be way better. Right. But I think they they did a decent job of establishing that. I guess. I I agree. Kind of this. I mean, it, what sucks is that they establish it with this basic revenge story. Like like the yeah. actual idea of. Roland being the only person who isn't uh, affected by the man in black's sorcery like that alone is an interesting dynamic like that scene where he's just looking like mulling over the bullet. It's like it's interesting to think of him keeping that as a memento because it's like he's the only like he's his opposite. He's I mean, it's kind of like like the end of Unbreakable. Like they have these like you said, they're kind of polar opposites, but because the studio is too afraid or because the writers aren't that talented. They just have to have him like, Oh, he's going to kill his dad and then we'll be on a revenge kick. And it's not anything interesting about the actual characters in, in their world. And it's an oversimplification. Absolutely. Of the conflicts, the major conflicts of the books. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so what is the deal with Jake making googly eyes at the girl in the village? Yeah, what was the point of that? None. None point. I don't None get it. None point, Tiny. Yeah. Uh, there was, like, no point to it. It was just very, uh, like, there was no payoff to it. Like, you would think, like, oh, it's going to be some, there's going to be something to pay off of it, but nothing. I, th- I think it was like that. That scene paired with a handful of other ones just barely pushed him over the 90-minute mark. That was, yeah. That oh, may have yeah. been why I made it into the movie. Ugh, that's so depressing, but so true. Cheaper than world building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. And we get um, a quick reference to Thank You, Sai, which is nice. But, uh Yeah. So, and yeah, again, it gets too convoluted. Like, they have to go back to Keystone Earth so that they can get to a portal to get to the Devar toy. Yeah. So that they can stop the Man in Black or right. whatever. But it's just like, it's it's way too convoluted. Mm-hmm. So this scene was pretty prominent in the first trailer that we got, like, nine weeks before the movie came out. Yeah. But... And it's such a it's such a summer blockbuster line. Like you're gonna like like Earth a lot. Like I kind of like that. Like I yeah. still think it's it's fun. It's a fun line, but a little tongue in cheek. Yeah, but seeing it in this context, it's in the context of the movie as a whole. It's just ugh. and this is like one of the only times where we actually get. Um, backstory and to Roland and the gunslingers and everything. Right. But it's not necessarily 
backstory. It's just it's explaining the subtext of the movie. Yeah, and she she's like, he's Roland of Gilead, the last of the line of Eld. And then it immediately jumps to the revenge story. But the yeah. man in black has him in his pocket. It's right. like, oh, God, really? Exactly. Totally drops the ball. It's like, oh, we were heading to, towards something really good and really cool, and you just ruin it. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it's it's fine enough world building, but it's just hampered by this just really weak premise throughout the throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, and it's one, like, I can kind of get behind Roland's kind of turning away from it, uh, from his, from his, uh, birthright or his, uh, his duties as a gunslinger. Yeah. But again, it just feels like there, there's some exposition. This is more of an exposition dump sort of, but it just it's it's an expo- exposition dump with elements of like kind of narrative propulsion like uh explaining explaining to us the character motivations rather than you know saying hey this is yeah like kind of just organically bringing it out essentially and and there was just a line that came across the screen that Roland said uh, and before the tower falls, I will get my revenge. Yeah, which is just one hundred percent out of character, right? For Roland, he's not a venge- He's not a vengeful character, really, mm-hmm. in the books. And it's that 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 is not at all what drives him or the story in the right. books. And to see to see this story and him. Uh, de-evolved to that level of simplicity is really heartbreaking as a fan of the series. Yeah, absolutely. Also, remember this number. It's your way back. There's no... That's not part of the plan. No. But whatever. Um, But yeah, it it is kind of heartbreaking to see Roland in this way, and it's such a... somewhat of a disservice to the character. Yes. But it could have worked if they... if they handled it better. Agreed. And I guess was the reason to show Jake having kind of the hots for one of the villagers, like to give her some kind of, or to give him some kind of a uh, struggle or like uh, some kind of stakes in the in the attack on the village. I, I'm not sure, but of course they conveniently lose power, so they can't see fucking anything. But <laughs> yeah, uh, and Merlin's rainbow. Yeah. Is that how you imagined the uh the uh Merlin's Rainbow, the grapefruit, black thirteen, all that? On screen for two seconds, yeah, right. totally. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Showing up in the first movie, no. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I didn't I didn't mind it, honestly. I think yeah, I mean, it, it was kinda cool to see him in there. Again, sure. kind of a legitimate Easter egg. Yeah. In a way. Mm-hmm. And just like this, I like the I like the excitement of this, like of this fight scene or this uh, action scene, because it's different. It's not, um, it's not like a gun battle, right? Well, hell, we don't actually get a gun battle until the end of the movie, but mm-hmm. uh, compared to like the thinny, like it's just Roland isn't just fighting off. A creature. He's fighting off like these orc-like characters, which is also problematic because they're they're not 
interesting interesting enough to where nothing about them stands out. Um, yeah. So it's it's just it, uh, yeah I don't know. I kind of like the I I like handicap rolling and shooting. Yeah. But I kind of wish that I, in a perfect world they would have handled this a lot better and saved like not shown like I get the idea of okay we're going to have Roland injured but show still show how much of a badass he is with the gun like save that for the second movie. Yes. Hint hint. <laughs> um yeah. And then we get kind of this wrestling match kind of thing, which I kind of like. It's kind of a fun uh, variety to it. Like, yeah. Say what you will about the movie, but Idris Elba was pretty solid as as an action action star. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He was not even close to the problem with this movie. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that this movie didn't taint my opinion of of him at all. Same here. Like I'm, I'm still excited to see him in just about anything. Me too. Like he's an incredible actor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like at least there's some lighting in this in this scene. Like yeah. Compared to, um, compared to the the forest scene with just Jake and Roland, it's like, um, and Jake got cock blocked anyway. <laughs> um, it's just, uh, like it's, it's a lot more vibrant because, you know, I like that the lighting effect is, you know, they have the fire and everything to kind of light the scene. Right. I kind of like that. It is a bit of a, uh, formulaic scene in that it's like, well, we're at this minute mark in the movie. We need to have an action scene. So True. we'll just have these Tahin show up Yeah, and get into a gunfire, get into a fight, mm. exactly. which, which you see it for what it is, but it's fine. It's, right. it's, it, it gives a chance for some exposition on what gunslingers are and, yeah. and, and Roland gets to showcase his skills a little bit, like you were saying. Yeah. Which this scene right here is one of the coolest Roland scenes. Absolutely. I think even though there's not like, you know, I would say I've heard that people saying like, "Oh, they, he doesn't do this in the books." Like he doesn't sit there and think about his shot and everything. But I, I feel like there might be one or two scenes where he does that in the books. But yeah, maybe. Either way, it conveys his skill in a very cool way for this for this particular medium. And uh, I'm not. Oh yeah. Bothered by that at all. It's within the realm of a gunslinger skill. I think. I don't think it's it's not goofy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it's. Absolutely. I, th- I think it's cool. Yeah. Um, I just wish it wouldn't have been in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like this it, would have been such a cool scene to see for the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. And another thing that kind of makes you think, like, just how how fucking confused was everyone making this movie? Because in the trailer, there are a couple of she- scenes, like in the early trailer. That shows the guns glowing blue whenever he's about to fire. I'm like, yeah, who was making that movie? <laughs> no kidding. Like, that's not 
No, I'm glad that's not enough. Me too. <laughs> Me too. What do you think about the kind of weird, random reference to the guns being made out of the uh, out of Excalibur? I don't mind that at all. Actually, really? I think it's kind of a. That's not in the books. No. But I think it's kind of a cool. I think I think it's kind of a cool thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it 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 sort of grounds the backstory a little better. Sure. Or makes it a little more accessible, I guess I would say. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to do it, but I, I, th- I think it was kind of cool. It didn't bother me at all. Okay, yeah. I just, I was indifferent to it, I guess. Yeah. This scene, I really like. Yeah. That kind of first, like, last action hero kind of scene. Yeah. Um, Fish out of water stuff. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is that was genuinely funny. Yeah. I, I do enjoy that. Oh, this is where it was. Spaghetti Westerns. Okay. Or Spaghetti Week at the Majestic. It was this scene. It wasn't earlier. Okay. Um, but yeah, and I like that because I mean, like you barely saw it. Like that's that's a great e- Easter egg. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just ah, they spend so much time grounding the movie into uh, into our world and and to get it accessible and everything like. Oh well, you know, would it have been would it have been better if they would have waited until a second movie to really show Roland in in our world? I don't know. I think again, it's all about execution. Yeah, it's all true. about how well you pull it off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it wasn't bad. I, they should have, they should have established Midworld before they established New York, though. Yeah, absolutely. That that is the biggest pet peeve. I guess I guess I could change my mm-hmm. criticism to it's not that they spent so much time in New York; it's that they started in New York and stayed there for so long before we even got a taste of Midworld. Right. That absolutely. was well. I guess the the opening we got a taste of Midworld, but yeah. it was it, it was a. a Poor decision to open the movie that way. I think I agree with so much time in New York. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like it would have been cool. Like if they were going to change up the story, (laughs) I love this. Yeah. Uh, If they were going to change up the story and everything, it would have been interesting if the, um, it would have been interesting if it's opened with Midworld and, and kind of an exposition dump of Roland's backstory chasing chasing the man in black and then have a portion of the movie be about his uh about the question of whether or not it's real like mm-hmm. Jake kind of trying to struggle with like if is is am I just messed up in the head or is this real like that would have been a much more compelling movie but instead we got this yeah um but yeah the the TV commercial in the hospital room with the with the raccoons talking that was I really liked that it was good I like that he has like you know radiation sickness and hepatitis and yeah. everything, and then later in the movie it's like, hey, you know, come hang out with me in Midworld. You have nothing to live for. <laughs> Ugh, jeez. But yeah, I and I, <laughs> and that's great. Yeah, like Idris Elba's really good at just doing this uh, deadpan kind of thing. Like he, man, he he owns what little role they give him <laughs> for your services <laughs> bring my, my guns, guns. <laughs> yeah that like there's there's yeah. those those are too few and far between yeah and like scenes like that that makes me not regret buying it like on blu-ray like i'm okay to have this yeah 
Yeah. We've both forgotten the faces of your fathers. <laughs> and see, and that's, that's great. I, I like those comedic beats. I think that that's well done. Yes. But I feel like maybe they would have been better if we had context for why he's saying that. Absolutely. And yeah. th- those kinds of jokes would land so much better in a sequel mm-hmm. with Eddie Dean. Yes. Stuff like that. Not that Jake can't be funny. I'm just saying right. that's, yeah. 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 <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but like if we had like, okay, you both have forgotten the face of your father, your faces of your fathers. Like if I'm not mistaken, that's the only, it's the first time or only time that this is in the movie. It's like, okay, that's funny. Cause he's saying a weird sentence to these to these women on the bus. But like, wouldn't it be a lot better if you knew that that's like a common expression in Midworld, and that it's, you know, it right. has some importance to it. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And for a movie that's based on a, a series of novels that begins with the man in black flood across the desert and the gunslinger followed, the man in black is in pursuit of the gunslinger throughout this entire movie. Like that's right. That, that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, me either. Yeah. And just bouncing back and forth, like Midworld, keystone earth, Midworld, keystone earth. It's yeah. just like, why would they expect, like this is a 93 minute movie and I'm, kind of tired of them going back and forth if I'm viewing it as someone who isn't familiar with the series. Right. Right. Now, what do you think of this guy? He's kind of a, a remnant of, um, the, one of the abducted, abducted kids. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's 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 contrived itself. Well, yeah, it's almost like a a nod to the fifth book. Yeah, which I won't spoil. Right, but yeah, it's for those who've read the series, you know what I mean. It's almost mm. like a reference to that, or like a I don't know. Yeah, you might say they roomed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, <laughs> and also just it's funny that. In the village, uh, she's like, um, she's like, don't track the, don't use the shine. They can track it. It's like, you had one job, Jake. <laughs> don't use the fucking shine. No shit. I can't remember when you when we talked about this when we reviewed it on on Obsessive Viewer. Did you have a, did you have trouble or an issue with them referring to it as shine instead of the touch? Or I, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. Me, me either. Yeah, I know some people did. Right. Um but yeah, I I I think it's fine. I think I think again it 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 grounds it in other more popular Stephen King mm-hmm. works and that's what it is. It's the shine, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just called something different by Roland, so Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have an issue with it at all. Yeah, same here. Like I kinda like the idea like it could have been I think I mentioned it in one of the five or six hours we've spent talking about the movie and on <laughs> either podcast we have. Yeah. Um like I, I don't know. It just, uh, um, oh, oh, I forgot my train of thought. Um, oh, like it would have been interesting if, like, on Keystone Earth, they say, "Oh, it's the shine," but in Midworld, they say, "Oh, it's the touch." Like that would have been easy. 
Yeah. Or it would have been an interesting way to kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we get to just the... It's not even a pile of ash. It's just burnt wood. Yeah. And that's just... Like, I I really remember seeing it in the theater and thinking, like, what is that supposed to be? Yep. And then just being really confused. Like, I don't see what the point is for it. Um... And again, it's just kind of, it's just all serving the plot. All things serve the plot and not <laughs> the characters. Yeah. Um, like, what? I don't know. Like, the if he, if the plan was to lure Jake back or, or to, to have him use the shine so that they can track him, why not just stay at his house? Right. Like, stay at Jake's after he kills his mom and just <laughs> wait for him to come back. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. I like the way that it's kind of taunting him. Yeah. With the uh, hello there with the smiley face and Ash. Right. I kind of I kind of like that. It's not bad. Yeah. And then as much as, like, like you said earlier, um, you were wanting more of just sitting there and talking, like by fireside and everything. Mm-hmm. There are quite a bit of scenes where they're just sitting there talking. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like here, but... The issue is that what they're saying is what's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. I will <laughs> I will kill him for both of us. Like, okay, you're rolling to Shane. You're supposed to be nah. It, it, and I mean, granted, okay, yes, I am aware. It is a film adaptation. It's not supposed to it's not supposed to follow the books exactly, but there are certain things about the character that are so ingrained in that character that to not include them or to to shy away from them would be not to honor the character. It would be like, okay, let's make a Batman movie where Bruce Wayne's parents don't get killed <laughs> and he just decides to do the Batman thing for fun. Yeah. Or or he's he's reluctantly brought in to, to be a vigilante. Like, that's the same thing. Like, the, like Roland's call to the tower, his, his, his obsession with reaching the tower is everything. Mm-hmm. But it's not in this movie like it's not at all yeah it just shows like that that is a complete misread of the entire book series mm-hmm. uh, and his character yeah and his character yeah yeah um and as much as i like this scene of the training and ever, or the gunslinger creed as they're firing at cans there are so many problems with this um yeah First of all, they're just in a random warehouse. Is it part of the build? Is it part of the apartment building? I have no idea. Yeah, and it's like okay, you're you're in the middle of New York City, firing a weapon in a building. Like I'm just thinking, like okay, the bullets if they miss the can, or if the bullet goes through the wall, like someone could get killed. Right. Um, and then also, like uh, first of all, I love the Gunslinger's Creed. Um talking to people who weren't familiar with the movies or with the books that saw the movie thought that the gunslinger creed was kind of hokey. At least Mike did. Yeah. But I, I, I love hearing it. I love hearing Idris Elba say it. And for the most part, I like this scene where he's, you know, it's a bonding scene between him right. and Jake. But afterwards it's like, Oh yeah, these guns are my, are my weapon. You have the shine. It's like, why, why, why even do it? Like, why give him the gun to do that? Yeah. It's like, yeah. 
I always thought the Gunslinger's Creed was a little hokey, too. Did you really? Yeah. Interesting. Even in the books, I was like, it's a little simplistic. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've always been a huge fan of it. Would you include it in a tattoo? No. Interesting. <laughs> I just, it's like, he says, forgotten the face of his father like five times. It's just kind of, sure. it's just not very uh, creative, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not in my book, anyways. That's fair. Your weapon's the shine. The guns are mine. It's like, hey, kid, here's a... Uh, um, uh, here's like an amazing toy. Here, have a jetpack. Oh, no, wait, no, this is my toy. Here, play with this yo-yo. <laughs> um, yeah. In this... Okay, this scene could have been cool. Like, And I kind of enjoyed this scene. Yeah. If only because it wasn't in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So that at least had it going for it and everything. But there are a couple issues that I have with it. Most notably when uh, Walter comes into play here and he does his magic thing to the uh, guy behind the counter. Like right here, uh, here in a second. Um, he kind of takes over his body or something like yeah, that? Yeah, when he takes over the, the salesman's body, it's like, okay, first of all... <laughs> How do you feel as someone as someone who owns guns and, and is a gun aficionado? How do you feel about Roland shooting the gun to knock out the guy? Uh, I I don't remember that part. Oh, it'll come up right okay. here. Okay, first of all, this is my problem. He says it's not me. I'm not doing it. Like you don't need to say that. All right. Like, you've already told us enough. Like it's that's such a PG thirteen thing. Yeah. Um, to do like okay, so like right there. Oh, he shoots the gun and hits the he hits the rifle and hits him in the head or shotgun. I don't have a problem with it because it's Roland and he's a gunslinger and he's special. Obviously, if it was just some dude, I'd be like, yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And just that last scene or when he's walking in, there's that wall. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was right there. Um, There was a picture of or a poster of Rita Hayworth. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. I'm bothered by the fact that they walk into the, uh, they walk into the gun store and they say, "I need 45 caliber bullets," because there's there's two kinds of 45 caliber bullets. Oh, there's ACP and there's Colt, and wow. his his revolvers would use 45 Colt, which is actually much more rare than 45 ACP. Oh, okay. So he well, asks, that just ruined the whole movie. It does, yeah. <laughs> he asks them if they're rare when they're in Midworld. It's like, they actually, a gun store in New York City probably might not have 45 Colt ammo in it. Huh, interesting. So, just a little fun little gun fact for you. Nice. I'll shut up now. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I did like the scene. I, I liked the idea of, of um, the man in black taunting Roland. I, I liked that. Like when he says, like, everyone who walks with you, dies by my hand and everything. Yeah. Like, I kind of wish that, uh, like, and he says at one point, like the old crew, I wish that there was more to that, like more about like his old quartet. Mm-hmm. but no, obviously nothing. Yeah. And the whole death always wins. Like that's, they, they beat the shit out of it with the, with the promotion they for really this movie did. and they wish they wouldn't have. Cause I think it is genuinely kind of a cool line and mm-hmm. it could be effective, but ended up being just 
overused and it by the yeah. time you actually get to the movie it's right. it's lost its luster absolutely i love this scene like showing the aftermath of roland yeah. taking out all those guys i i thought that was really cool yeah totally um yeah and just yeah, like it kind of reminded me like like the kind of stealth aspect of it kind of reminded me of like vintage like 24 yeah jack barrow to go do some shit right um yeah and i i mean this gunfight at the dixie pig here in a moment it's i dig it i yeah it's the one like big action scene in it i thought it was pretty solid too yeah i just wish that there was more backstory and information and, and yeah like less coddling i wouldn't even say coddling just less reticence to to put in easter eggs and everything <laughs> it's just uh, like okay i'm a fan of gunplay in movies and everything yeah but and i'm a fan of idris elba and just seeing him do that as roland is just it's i mean it's honestly it's worth owning the well it's worth the price of admission for me <laughs> Um, everything else about this movie is ridiculous, terrible for the most part, but this is, this is pretty, this is pretty fun. Yeah. And remember to have a great apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Such a shitty line. Yep. Poor, poor Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And just like, uh, there's so much more that could be done with the story obviously and the, and like the bond between Roland and Jake like man it's not even like i don't understand how this happened like they said they originally said like okay we're going to go for a february 2017 release date okay um and then we're going to move that to august to, for visual effects or whatever it was um like that. See, this was cool. This this is pretty cool. Absolutely. Like crossing over somewhere in this, there is a reference to the lobstrosities. It's like a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. Really? Yeah, it's like in the background. I'm kind of looking for it now, but um, but yeah, it it's uh, like, what was the rush to get this movie out? Like, yeah, you could have this. <laughs> And what did you think of that, where he's flying through the air? I'm, I'm fine with it. Okay. I mean, you've got to... It's an action movie. you got to have some yeah. action. And to, I, I, I didn't... monstrosity. Oh, I missed right that. There. Yeah. Okay. That was a cool shot, where he, sh- where he shot the guy through the, through the uh, lens of the sniper rifle. Right. Um, but... but yeah. <laughs> I like the way that he twirls the gun before he shoots the, shoots right. the gas can. That's cool. But, totally. um, but yeah, like, okay... You can have a a small budget for a movie. You can like you can do that. Like what is the rush in getting it out though? Like take your time, pick a director that is passionate about it in a way that will breed his creativity or will will appreciate his creativity. Um and let it be made in its own time. Like Ugh, and I hate that line. You killed my mom. <laughs> like that's uh, not to spoil the gunslinger, but there are much more iconic lines that Jake could say. Right. 
um, as a pivotal moment in the movie. Right. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. And Jackie Earl Haley was completely wasted in this movie. He really was. Like, he's a damn good actor. Yeah. Especially as a villain. Absolutely. And he's barely in the damn movie. Yep. Also, I love that the bus driver just keeps driving. (laughs) (laughs) Dude's just crashing through my windshield, but all right. Gotta keep schedule, man. Yep. And he's... Jackie O'Hurley is dispatched of so easily. Yeah. It's basically a... Just another guy. Yeah. A straightforward henchman fight. Yeah, another henchman. Yeah. It's like... It's like he, it's like, uh, the man in black is the Bond villain and Richard P. Sayer is the, is like the, uh, the number one henchman guy. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember some of them from the movies, from the Bond movies. Like Odd Job? Yeah, like Odd Job. Yeah. But, uh, even with the lair and everything, uh, and, like, a lot of people had problems with, like, oh, why does he want to take down the tower? It's like, I kind of get it, judge, judging from the context of the movie and how it's explained. But it's just, it's so bland and, and just not, ugh, lame. And then, why, uh This fight is such a problem for me. It's so dumb. It is so dumb. Ugh. And the the man in black in the books is the way I would describe it. He, he's he's not a man of action. He's a he's the kind of guy who gets others to do his bidding. Absolutely, he's a manipulator. He's he's a he's a sorcerer. He's yeah. not he's not a guy who's going to throw punches. He's not a boss fight at the end of a movie. Um, that's just not the kind of character he is. And so this is just so right. out of left field. I mean, I understand you have to have a climax, but, mm-hmm. and that's, that's also sort of the problem with, with making this an action movie. Cause the mm-hmm. gunslinger, the book isn't, isn't really much of an action movie or an action story. Right. There's action in it, but it's, it's just so much more than that. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Like, I would have been forgiving. Oh, God damn it. He's throwing bullets. He's throwing bullets, and Roland is blocking them with the guns. Like, uh, <sighs> yeah, pretty bad. Yep. But, um, like, I would be forgiving of this. Like, of this cheesy, stupid boss battle fight. Um, if they had, like, if it paid off, like, he didn't need to kill the man in black. Like the movie had to, the movie should have ended with uh, Roland and the Man in Black having their palaver. Yes. Like I would have been fine with them doing this, doing this whole boss battle thing, if it ended with this whole conversation between Roland and the Man in Black, where the Man in Black just opens his eyes to the world as a whole and the universe and, and his his piece, like his his part in his role in the, in the story to come. Because it would be it would it would be compelling. That would be a good way to open it up. Like, oh my god, there's so much more that we haven't seen. Make me a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we get the third instance of the Gunslinger's Creed, 
which even as a fan of it, I'm getting tired of seeing in this fucking movie already. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And in this, this is entertaining because it completely defies physics. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> like, how did... Uh, if he had just fired the angled bullet first, mm. no problem. Yeah. To, to deflect the bullet off the I-beam and then shoot the straight bullet for, after that, that would have mm. made a lot more sense. Yeah. That would have made physical sense. Yeah. <laughs> or if he fired one gun from each hand. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And this, doesn't he, yep, he like he shoots into there like twice and it blows up the whole freaking thing. Yeah. Which, hey, I mean, Death Star he death stars it. <laughs> yeah. But even in Star Wars, you get that explanation like, oh, yeah, you just. Like, it's seeded that, like, yeah, you can destroy it by then. Right. And my biggest issue, one of the biggest issues is how many of those children were just murdered just then yes. by Roland DeShane? Absolutely. Ugh. Yeah. That, that shot is, is beautiful. Such a great establishing shot. It is. Gorgeous. Like. Absolutely, like that. That's a scene that I like. That's a shot that I would frame and, and hang up on the wall. Absolutely, if it wasn't tied to such a shitty movie. <laughs> but yeah, Ugh. and also the uh, Barlow and Stakers. Oh, nice. Uh, on the left hand side there it's a reference to um, uh, oh my god why, oh hang on Salem's Lot there we yes. go yes yeah I didn't notice that in the theater yeah I, I I'll tell you why I noticed it is because it was all over the internet oh, okay <laughs> it was one of the first like production photos that, that were released gotcha yeah uh, and then we get this hot dog scene <laughs> <laughs> Which, ugh, yeah, I I like the idea of it. The delivery's a little off. Yeah, but I love like whoever wrote this wrote this line is 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 pretty pretty okay. Yeah, yeah. But this, <sighs> okay. I have to leave here, Jake. Like, why? Like, he doesn't say like. All he has to say is, "I've now I find purpose. I really do need to protect the tower." Even right. though. Even though I've killed the man in black, he's never really dead. He's been blah, 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 blah. Like, he's found purpose. Like, he should say that. Like, in a movie that explains so much about the motivations of the characters point blank to our face, we have that. Like, we have nothing here. Yeah, and instead of saying, besides, I could use your help, say, no, Jake, you're a gunslinger. Right. Like, he calls him gunslinger, but it's like, it's just kind of... Yeah. Haphazard. Even technically, he should say he's a shine slinger, <laughs> I guess, since that's his weapon. I guess. But also, just look how much taller Tom Taylor looks. Yeah. The reshoots. Yep. Yeah. And the two roses, that's cute and everything, but just doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. Not yeah. so much. Nope. And that is the end of the Dark Tower. Thank God it's over. Movie. That's the end of the Dark Tower film franchise. <laughs> probably. For the foreseeable future. Yeah. yeah. And what kills me is that Anders Thomas, whatever his name is, the co writer, on the special features, he actually says something to the effect of, like, this is such an impossible 
impossible impossible story to adapt and i'm like then don't accept the job then yeah no shit like i mean you shouldn't have that attitude yeah going in it's like uh like i and i get it it is a very difficult thing to um to adapt it is a very difficult road to get in and and like a very difficult thing but like so was lord of the rings yeah and they did it have someone's (laughs) yeah if you have someone who's passionate about it who you're not going to uh chain too 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 heavily mm-hmm. um and you have faith in that person it could be a pretty you know it could be spectacular yeah but this is just way too interfering way too much interference and way too much pandering to the common audience that yeah be out of fear that they won't understand anything yep um yeah, it's just such a such a shame. It really is. Yep. But yeah. And then we had stayed through the credits in the theater and the only thing we get is a whistling from the man in black. Right. Which I mean if this movie is designed to create a franchise like leave us something to create a franchise, not just them randomly going into uh going into a portal like leave something for us give us give us something interesting yeah Ugh. yeah not good yep so this was your second time seeing it since the theater yeah how do you feel about it uh, maybe a smidge better but not yeah. not really i can't i can't defend it. and the thing is I'd say I would say probably ninety percent of the people who saw this movie are never going to watch it again. Oh, absolutely! So I can't even hang my hat on the idea that it's a little, little tiny bit better on the second viewing. Right. I, I can't. Maybe it is, but that doesn't matter because it's so shitty initially that people are not going to have any desire to see it again. Yeah. So, and it's not good. It's not so much better that it's going to redeem the franchise or redeem the film and give it a cult following. That's not going to happen. Right. And at this point, I don't want it to have a cult following. Yeah, me either. Like, this was such a misstep in terms of adapting this property that I would want someone, like, ideally, like, you can't, like, you can't, the worst thing that could happen going forward is for someone at Sony to be like, oh hey, you know, the Dark Tower broke even just about um, when you factor in like the international box office and everything. You know, let's let's throw a sequel out there and see if see if you know, right? It uh, it sticks, or if, or if we get that, and throw another thirty forty million uh, to create a movie to create a um, a sequel and kind of go from there. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. Yeah, what needs to happen is someone needs to. We need to bury this movie. <laughs> and someone who is actually passionate about the franchise right needs to resurrect it and create something good that was going to be my question i was i was going to say would you would you prefer that you know they they squeak out a sequel with this and we get another one in 2 or 3 years or would you rather 10 years down the road someone tries to resurrect it and make another opening film to a franchise again and that's and yeah, and that is that is tough too because there's good and bad to both. Yeah. Well, there's good there's pros and cons to pros each. Pros and cons to each cuz yeah. okay, yes, obviously I did just say that yes, there would be a, it would be perfectly fine if 
someone passionate came and, and made it again in 10 years or so, completely disregarding this. Right. The downside of that is we lose Idris Elba. Yes. Like, I think he's he could be a, fin, a phenomenal Roland. This could be his his role. Yeah, career-defining role. Yeah, but, yeah, we I, don't get that. Yeah, to, to me, I'd rather see it. I, to me, the best thing that could happen would be HBO picks it up as mm-hmm. a show in eight or ten years, and yeah. they. I, honestly, I loved Idris Elba too. Aesthetically, he was perfect mm-hmm. and all that, and he was great. And I, I, I love Idris Elba, but I'd be, I'd be totally fine sacrificing Idris Elba for another actor playing him in ten years. Yeah, same here. That's that's what I would prefer. Yeah, because they they didn't they didn't build enough momentum with this movie no. to ride into a sequel at all. They I really mean, didn't. You'd be better off starting over, but you can't do that in two years. Yeah, um, I mean, it didn't it didn't really work for Spider Man. Um, no, nope. not all that well, anyways. Um, Homecoming, yeah, yeah kind of bounced it back, but still, it's there aren't a lot of good examples of that happening. Right. Yeah, I. The best thing I can think of, or the best uh, equivalent that I can think of, is, and I'm not even 100% sure if this is how it went, but this is my perspective of it. Like, um, oh, what is that movie? Or um, Stargate. We had um, Roland Emmerich made the movie Stargate, mm-hmm. and then I feel like it was rebooted as the TV show. Yes. That's my interpretation of it. Um do that with this. Yeah. Um, and the TV show was moderately successful because it had a lot of seasons, I think. Yeah, a lot of seasons, a lot of different spinoffs. I mean, it's... I don't, if know, it's, if it, I don't know if it's good. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know if yeah, it's good either. I've never watched it. But I know that it has a very a very rabid fan base. Right. Um, yeah. Which could be us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, can you imagine if we just got uh, a franchise? Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. If only. <sighs> yep. It's over. Yep. <laughs> so are our dreams. Yes. Um. So yeah. So that is our commentary track for the Dark Tower. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you hope we didn't shit on it too much. If you were a fan of it, I definitely uh don't dis don't uh I don't grudge anyone their fan their fandom. Right. That's the. If you enjoy it, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it just wasn't satisfactory to to me yeah. or to Tiny. Right. So, yep. All right. Well, I think that'll do it. Um, yeah. If you enjoyed our commentary on this, check out patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. And uh, yeah. What are we doing next time? Oh, it goes right into the uh, deleted scenes. Oh, wow. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. Do you want to watch him? Uh, I don't. You don't. Really no, that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Plus, I kind of got to pee. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. You can go ahead. Yeah, it's 26 Jeez, 26 minutes. minutes. Good, yeah. good lord, yeah. That would have almost made a complete movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what are we doing next week on the podcast? Um, are we doing Sleeping Beauties? We are, yes. Nice. We're going to be reviewing Sleeping Beauties by Stephen and Owen King. And uh, yeah. I guess that'll do it. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening and long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number.
Thank you for listening to Tower Junkies, a Dark Tower podcast presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at TowerJunkiesPod.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can find ways to do that at TowerJunkiesPod.com slash donate, or become a patron for Obsessive Viewer at Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can contact us by emailing us at matt at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at towerjunkiespod or at obsessiveviewer and at obsessivetiny. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash towerjunkiespod. For more podcast content from obsessiveviewer.com, check out Anthology, my solo side project podcast where I'm reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology television shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you for listening to Tower Junkies, and we'll see you next time.